Before we get started, ESPN in partnership with Peyton Manning's Omaha Productions present The VC Show with eight-time NBA All-Star Vince Carter and co-host Roz Gold Anwude, who talk all things basketball with some of the biggest names in sports and entertainment. They will give their unfiltered thoughts on the NBA, and Vince will share stories from his illustrious 22-year career. That's The VC Show. Listen where you are listening to this podcast. What's up, guys? Welcome to a brand new episode of DC and RC. I'm Daniel Cormier. That's my friend Ryan Clark. Uh, coming up on the show, we're going to discuss UFC 281. We're going to tap in and tap out as always. But at the top of the show, uh, the mixed martial arts world was rocked this weekend as Anthony Rumble Johnson passed away. He was dealing with a lot of health issues uh, over the course of the last couple of years. And it was it became very serious last year when he pulled out of the Bellator event. And Anthony Johnson passed on Sunday. Uh, what a loss. Really set the mixed martial arts world back. And um, it was very difficult for me to deal with, being that I've spent a lot of time in the octagon with Anthony Johnson. When I tell you this man was a good person, I cannot overstate it. The way that he treated me in the build-up to the fights, the way that he treated me after the fights, you know, this is a guy that um, put the belt on me after I won it the first time. This was something that most guys don't do, but it's just who he is. He's genuinely a good guy. From the call-outs to the interactions, he was always really, really good. And even when my mother passed early in the year, Anthony was going through a lot himself and immediately texted me personally and wished me the best, told me that he was always an ear for me to rely on. And it is a massive loss to lose a titan of mixed martial arts. But for as big as he was and the fear that he struck in people, he was as sweet as they came. So, Rumble, I love you, my brother. To Rumble's family and everyone that supports him, his team, Ali Abdelaziz, his management, uh, I love you. I love all you guys, and I am praying for you. And we will be, I am here as Rumble was for me in my time of need, if anybody needs me. Hey, Ryan, real quick, I want to sh give a shout-out to Bellator. They uh, they helped Scott Coker and that company help Anthony with his medical stuff. Monster Energy, who continued to sponsor him through his tough times. A lot of people jump off the ship when it's sinking. Nobody jumped off the Rumble ships. So to all those people, thank you. And once again, Anthony, man, we love you. We love who you are. You are a shining light in this world. You will be missed. We pray for you and your entire family, RC. Yeah, that is um, it's very well said, DC. And as somebody who was a fan of the sport, the way that Anthony Rumble Johnson conducted himself was most impressive. Like you said, whether calling you out and telling you as he's calling you out that you're the man, uh, treating you the way he did after the loss and what he continued to be throughout his life, even when he was going through tough times. I think he is the, the prime example that what we do for a living is not who we are, that we can actually be better humans than we are athletes. And Anthony Rumble Johnson and to his family, uh, to all of his friends and to everyone who mourns and grieves at his loss or after his loss, DC and RC, and especially me and my family, send our condolences, our prayers, and our blessings. Uh, on Sunday night, a group of 
uh, University of Virginia students returned from Washington, D.C., back to campus uh, after seeing a play in a field trip. Uh, upon their arrival, uh, a shooting breaks out. Three football players uh, were killed. Devin Chandler, Deshaun Perry, Lavelle Davis Jr. Uh, two others were wounded. Um, the loss of young life is always extremely difficult for everyone. It's extremely difficult to understand. It's extremely difficult to compartmentalize. Um, it's extremely difficult to accept. Uh, my son Jordan went to University High on LSU's campus uh, with Virginia running back Michael Hollins. He was one of the other two football players that were wounded. Uh, he successfully went through a second surgery this morning. Uh, they had to remove part of his lower intestine or small intestine. And I think for us, the relief that Michael is still here to for Jordan to stop crying and have some optimism that his friend is still going to be around only lasts so long. Because then you realize that there are three other families that will never see their baby's face again, that will never get to witness their laughs, their smiles, that won't get to see them get married and raise children, uh, that will never get an opportunity to watch them carry a football, throw a football, tackle, on the grass again, or simply just hug their kid and tell them that they love them. The very brief moment of opportunity to exhale goes away when you realize that other families will have to mourn the loss of their young kids. Parents should never have to bury their babies. And at some point, we have to stop the senseless loss of lives. I want to say something about Mike Hollins. Mike Hollins is one of the greatest high school football players I have ever seen. And he played on a team that's going to have pros and already has one. The one thing about him is he was fearless in protecting his friends, protecting his mom, his sister, and his little brother. I just got word that the reason Michael was shot was because he was off of the bus. He had ran away, heard one of his friends scream because he was shot, and he ran back to help him. That's who Mike Hollins is. That's who Mike Hollins has always been. As we are grateful that Mike is still here, we mourn the loss of those three other boys, and we ask everybody to please pray. We thank you for your prayers. And at some point, guys, we got to start protecting each other. Just senseless. It's, there's no reason for this type of uh, madness in the world that we live in today, and I'm so happy that Mike is still here. And he's a hero, you know, going out to try to help someone that is obviously in need. It's just a terrible, uh, it was it's a bad weekend for sport whenever you're losing lives at this le level. Rumble was 38 years old. These young men are college mm. students and athletes, and they are gone far too soon. So I think we need to yeah. appreciate each other and love each other in the time that we have here because time goes way too fast. So yeah. very hard into the weekend it really is uh as we get into next week but new york city was was an amazing experience for me personally but an amazing event at madison square garden and it's our job to talk to you guys about the event that yeah. was ufc 281 and that's what we have to do mm -hmm. and 
uh, as you see the, the the lower third here, 11 finishes uh, over the course of that fight and seven in the first round, which ties uh, a single event record. So, Ryan, when you look back on UFC 281, even though you're trying to quit the show, which is the craziest thing ever. I'm done. Uh, I'm done, bro. Like on I, Sunday? No. On, oh. su- <laughs> on Sunday, you're trying to quit? DC, like, why? I think, I think that, why? you know, I... I Cause Izzy lost, bro. Like I'm just not like DC. I'm just not there it is. emotionally mature. You know, it says, "Man, I'm saying it here first. A the pivot got a Drake curse on MMA. Yo, I'm going on record saying the pivot got a UFC curse. Going 0 2. The last two fighters that were interviewed lost. Like, why are these people picking on us? First off, DC. Like, what what did what did we do? I got a dude DMing me, right? saying, don't you think that you guys should stop doing shows before events? Bro, Derrick, because think about this, too. We did Von Miller, and they lost to Minnesota. So the pivot had a tough week. We had a tough week. But we did Darius Slay before he locked down Justin Jefferson and had two picks in Philly one. Deontay Wilder has a first-round KO, right? Um, Errol Spence Jr. beats Ugas in the 10th round, TKO. Right, like you, 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 we, you're, you're, we win. You're, you're a master. You're a master manipulator, and you are you are a king of diversion. Because the reality is this: you got Von Miller, you got a man, you got okay. a Juliana Pena, you got Izzy. We got Sugar Sean. He beat Piotr. He beat Piotr. Also got he beat Piotr. Y'all also no. no but let's not no, forget that when y'all no, got Sean O'Malley before, no. Sean O'Malley was scheduled to go on the pivot. Yeah, he fought. After, after. Pe- no, fought Pedro no, Munoz no, and got no. hurt. DC, Every no, time an active DC, fighter goes on the no, pivot, dudes no, get DC, beat. DC, that's not true. DC, that's not. No, D, don't you do that, <laughs> yes, DC. Yes, Piotr Jan loses to Sean O'Malley. No, Sean O'Malley did our show after Pedro Munoz. It was after. Mm-mm. Don't do this, DC. DC. DC, no, don't no. do this. I know what you're doing. Do see, okay, DC, but wait, let me you ask you this. You keep winning at the dinner table. You came on our show. You but keep winning at the this. dinner table. I do, I do. I do. Hey, but listen, let me ask you this, though, Ryan. I got to know this. How much responsibility do y'all take for what ultimately happened to Israel Adesanya on Saturday night in Madison Square Garden? Because he was winning. Zero. And then. Zero. He, okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. DC. Okay. Okay. Does. Okay. How about this, though? Does. Does, does first take have to take it? Does uh, your old partner Ario have to I take just, it? Just, does like I think, the, the, I think no, the Breakfast no, Club no, have to take it? No. Think about all no, these I other shows Izzy went on. No, I don't. To, does, no, does, I does don't. Taylor the reality is have to I take don't, it. Don't, no, 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 because, DC, DC, no, no, because DC, I don't. DC, they don't take it. He did, they don't he take the, it. It goes to the pivot. It goes to the pivot because the reality is the pivot is one of the hottest shows right now. It is elevating people. And the only reason these people want to go on the show is because of the ability to elevate them. But on the back end, you go on the pivot, you get beat. Let me tell you something. You can be That's more popular true. than you've ever been. No, you could be more popular than you've ever been on the pivot. But just know your championship belt is gone. And if you're Von Miller and the Bills, you lose in the game. It just happens but it's okay look at that look at oh my god in the pivot hey they treat you so nice at the pivot too they got all those lights and they put you in a big chair like that because they try to set you comfortable it's like picking out a suit for your own funeral when you go to the pivot i mean he look at oh look at this they put Izzy in a beautiful oh they put Izzy in a beautiful place dog wow y'all got my boy dog y'all got my boy dc can we get to the fight though hey, i just want can we get to the fight hey glenn 
Glenn, um, Jake, uh, Jake, you know, congrats on the nuptials, bro. Uh, you know, you can no longer probably be on the God mic because you're no longer the king of your household. Um, oh, I sent I sent my retirement letter into the group chat and. I thought about it. I was like, you know what? No, I love these people. These people are, are good to me. Oh They've my accepted gosh. me. They've welcomed me. And I was going to come back and do the show. I have now resigned again. If I have to be treated Wait. this way by DC after watching, you don't understand. I'm in a room, DC, right? I'm in freaking Spokane. I only know how to say Spokane because Julia Allen came on the show. I'm in Spokane and we got yeah. like full size beds because it was the last room left. So me and my, me and Yonk aren't even sleeping in the same room. We're not in the same room, DC. I mean, not in the same bed. So I'm sitting on the edge of the bed. She's sick. She's trying to go to sleep. You know, I don't even cuss, bro. When Izzy got TKO'd, I said the F word. The F word, DC. No, you didn't. Shut I up. Was that, you did? Yes, I was, I was that hurt. I woke her up, bro. Almost lost my, almost, I lost my religion and almost my marriage at the end of the oh fight. Oh, my goodness. I woke my sick wife she woke up, up like, in her full-size hey, bed. Hey, she woke Hey, Yaka woke up. Yaka woke up like, oh my God, this is Ryan from LSU 20 years ago. I'm like, who is this kid from Marrero? She probably got scared. But the reality is this, RC, we, as we get, we got to get into this fight a little bit. Let's get to, we'll get to the Alex fight. Fajeda. Okay, I'm ready. Let's go. Yes. Uh, uh, it's unfortunate, bro. You got to go to counseling, get Yaka back settled because she don't want that old Ryan Clark anymore. She wants that new one. But Alex Pereira actually beat. Israel Adesanya again, Ryan. And going into the fifth round, as we have done before, we kind of write the obituary for the fighter losing. We did it with Usman and Leon Edwards. I thought for a fact Izzy was going to cruise to a victory. He was up 3-1 to one on all judges' scorecards. Here comes Pereira. Dog, this dude's corner told him, if you want to be champion, you have got to go right now. You got five minutes. He actually sat on the stool, Ryan, and asked. He goes, do I have to knock him out? They said, absolutely. You got to go get a finish. And that's what he did. I mean, it was a clear win heading in that direction for Edesanya. But ultimately, you can never count out Alex. And now, only a year into his UFC career, this dude is the UFC champion, Ryan. I know it upsets you, but you got to give credit to the new champ, right? I got to give credit to nobody. I I, I get <laughs> you to be biased. Like I, I don't I don't. You acting like a report. child, bro. You acting like I, a child right analyze. now. You acting like a child a right fan. now. <laughs> now you know what, DC? <laughs> it, it's so crazy, and, and, and people would probably laugh at the fact that we all communicate throughout the entire fight card. And even you, when you get a second, I don't know if you're gonna get fired from your job. You'll communicate, and we'll talk about like what's going on in the fight. And I am sitting there listening to you say, "Okay, Izzy." Izzy gets in trouble when he gets his back to the cage, when, when he's kind of cornered, when he's not moving. And when he puts his back on the cage, I'm freaking out because we know that Alex Pereira has that one-punch knockout power, and he hits him with the right, DC, and then it's the same left hook that took him out in kickboxing that really does the damage. What I, but the, the first picture that I had in my mind and the first thing I thought was when they stood across from each other in the first round, I said, this looks like Izzy fighting Jan Bohovitz again. That was the mm. difference to me in the size of the men, which didn't scare me as much because I knew Alex wasn't going to take him down, wasn't going to lay on him and smother him the way we saw Jan do in the last two rounds. And 
after I watched Izzy fight so masterfully through the first four rounds, DC, it made me relax. I think that's why I was so hurt because through the first four rounds, I couldn't relax. I was tense. I was nervous. I felt like I was shaking. And then all of a sudden, I got complacent. I relaxed. Do you think that Israel Adesanya relaxed a little bit as all of his fans did? You know, Ryan, I don't think he did. But when you speak to the size difference, 1 p.m. on Saturday, 1 p.m., John ain't got an update on Alex Pajeda's size. Bro, he weighed 212 pounds. He did not step into the octagon until 12.30 a.m. So 12 hours later, this dude weighed, he had to be 220, right? He had to put on another seven pounds before he walked into the octagon. He looked massive. Do I believe that Adesanya got complacent? No, but I do believe that because Pajeda has, Pereira, I'm messing his name up, has done this before and knows that he can knock Izzy out, he was willing to just let everything go. And you could see early that every time Poetan hit him, it took an effect on Adesanya. It was it was one of those situations where uh, there's just a guy that does very well against you. I was speaking to someone about this the other day, and I'll pull the quote up really fast. Um, and I said to myself, I said, this would be, because John Anik and I were talking, and John Anik is like the encyclopedia of mixed martial arts. And John Anik said, dude, it's crazy because Alex had kind of stopped fighting MMA. And Izzy, when asked about this guy a few years ago, said, I've never ever watched any of his fights. He told this to Sporting News Australia. At the end of the day, no one knows who the beep F he is. And he's going to be that guy when I'm the world champ. And when I'm a legend, he's going to be at some pump talking about I beat him once. And I told John, I would never be like me saying that about Kale Sanderson when I'm the world champ and he's beating me all these time. And then he goes, you know what? I'm going to fight MMA and take everything I, I, I've worked for. That seems to be what is happening with Pereira. He saw that Izzy could be the man and goes, you know what? If he can do it, I can do it. I saw a meme today that said if Izzy goes and becomes the PGA champion, there was a picture of Alex Pajeda dressed like a caddy dog. Like, yo, I'm in the PGA now. He's like, this dude just wants to beat Israel Adesanya. And he has proven that he can do it over and over again. Does that make him the better fighter? It doesn't seem like he's the better fighter because Izzy's always ahead of him. But he has the ultimate equalizer, RC, and that's ability to fight and finish Edisanya. Bro, how excited were you at the end of the first round when Edisanya had him on skates? You must have lost your Ooh, mind. I was fired up. Ooh, DC. <laughs> DC. I was so fired up. I was like, because, because here's the thing. I haven't seen, I didn't see both of the prior two fights in their totality. So I didn't know, you know, how Izzy or how he would respond to Israel Adesanya's attack. And when I saw him wobbled, and he was really wobbled, DC. Like, it wasn't like he was just stunned. Like, he really he really was on shaky legs. I was like, oh, if Izzy can hurt him, I know he can touch him. But the way he recovered for round two, which he won, kind of made me say, okay, Alex can take this power. He can take being wobbled a little bit, fully recover, and still be such a dangerous man, which had me tense the rest of the fight. You know, I, I watched this fight, and I come to you for everything. Like, I can be transparent about that. I, I'm not yeah. one of those people that's like, because I love the sport, I know everything about the sport. And I asked you, I said, DC, honestly, can Izzy beat him? 
And I tweeted after the fight, just in my emotion, I was like, wow, he can't beat him. And I didn't say he can't beat him ever. I just meant that the, the, the three times they fought, he hasn't won. Should, should the rematch be immediately, and if it is immediately, how can you expect it to go any differently than the first three fights have? Well, if you're Team Adesanya, you don't want it to go any differently unless un outside of the ending. Because he was fighting well. It's not like he was getting beat. He has not been washed out in any of these fights. Most thought he won the first fight and believed that he got robbed. Ryan, yes. Immediate rematch. If Israel Adesanya does not get an immediate rematch, then who does? And I understand Juliana Payne is probably going to come at me and be like, well, you didn't say that about me. Adesanya's defended the belt six times. He was yep. on a 12-fight win streak to start his UFC career at middleweight. Like, he has earned, if anyone has earned, an immediate rematch is this guy. Adesanya's Dude, more in, in Amanda Nunez's place when she lost than Juliana Pena's yes. place when she lost the belt. Or Kamaru Usman, right? Nobody questioned whether yes. or not Usman was going to get a rematch. Everybody was like, well, when is Usman going to get a rematch? It's ultimately when he decides he wants to fight Leon Edwards again or when Leon Edwards is ready. So it should be the same case for Adesanya. Adesanya has done way too much in this game to have to go and rebuild or go and fight someone else. And I don't know if you benefit uh, from putting these two dudes against other people because I truly do believe that there are some very difficult matchups for Alex Pajeda that weren't as difficult for Israel Adesanya. Yes. And that, to me, was shown in the third round when Izzy was able to control him once he took him down. You stick yes. him in there with a grappler or a wrestler, he might get drowned out. But against Izzy, well, Ham Hamza he just has ability. The wolf. Oh, my God. Bro, could you... If I if, if you schedule him and Hamza right now, and Hamza goes, this is my belt, let me fight, Hamza will be a massive favorite to beat Alex Pajeda. Just because of the style. The style just does not match up yet. And Pajeda, like, he's so young in his career that this was honestly the ideal champion for him. As much as it's crazy to say that Israel Adesanya is the ideal champion to be dethroned, he was perfect for this guy. The guy got the title yes. fight earlier than he was supposed usually would because it was Izzy and their history. He's the champion now because it was Izzy as the champ. I would I would match him up right now. It's going to sell. There's intrigue. There's so much going on in this fight that you have no question but to put him back in there, especially when Edisanya goes on, on record yesterday and says, you know what, I don't care if he's the champion. My next fight is versus Alex Pereira. And that tells you, making a championship fight, sticking in a massive market like New York City, Los Angeles, Las Vegas, go sell some... Dude, there's like a 12 10 $9 million gate last weekend for people to go watch those yeah. two compete. But, Ryan, that wasn't the only Whoa. crazy fight. Hold you on one second, DC. Sorry, DC. sorry, Ryan. One yep, second, yep. though. One second. I'm going to say this. If they do make the rematch, guess who's going to be bilingual by then? Ryan Clark. Oh, you. Because if there's a pivot Why? curse, Alex Pereira will be on the pivot oh. before that next fight. <laughs> Bet that, bro. We doing that? Bet. We doing that? Bet that. I mean, we did. Yes. This dude like yes. Izzy that much. You like Izzy that much. I, bro, DC. No. 
it was meeting him, meeting him. One, I, I've always just respected the way that he fought and also respected the grind he had to go through and some of the fighters he had to fight to get to where he was and to get to be the champion and the people he's defended the belts against. So that was first. But meeting him is like meeting you, but skinny. You know what I mean? Like just so likable, <laughs> so personable, so like so charismatic, like all of those things. And then though too, like you, 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 you made the joke on Sports Center. You know, you used to be the baddest man on the planet. Now, you know, you could be the daddest man on the planet. Like to him, like to me, that's one of the baddest men on the planet. But to be so kind and gentle, like I was just like I was yeah. rooting for the dude. So you better bet that Alex is going to be on the pivot before he fights the next time. I don't care if we got to get a translator. If I got to learn another language, <laughs> I am not tripping. We're going to curse people. We're going to curse the right people next time that make me feel better. But listen, another fight I that people say was for you. that that <laughs> that that many say was the people's main event was your Lafayette brethren, Dustin Poirier against Michael Chandler. And we expected fireworks, D.C., and they did not disappoint. But I do believe if there was a way that you could have predicted this fight to go, it went exactly as you predicted it. Maybe you don't predict that Michael wobbles Dustin so early in the fight, but you think he starts fast. You think he starts explosive. And then you also believe that Dustin's precision, Dustin's patience finally takes a hold and he begins to touch Michael Chandler and eventually puts him out. I don't know if rear naked choke was the way that you expected this fight to be won. But I think many people thought Dustin's patience, Dustin's skill would get him the win. DC, after watching this fight and being lucky enough to call it from the octagon side, how do you feel this fight transpired in the sense of was it exactly what you thought it would be? You know, the outcome matched the expectation, RC. It really was. Like, we thought it would mm -hmm. be fun. That's why so many people were excited about it. And Dustin Poirier by submission was a bit surprising because Michael Chandler was able to survive on the back with Charles Oliveira on his back when nobody does that. But Ryan, I think about these two guys, and it's easy to like them both, right? Chandler seems to be perfect. Dog, then I found out that Chandler's wife is a doctor. Dr. Bree Chandler. Like, so you got Michael Chandler, who's as clean-cut as you got. His wife's a freaking doctor. Um, they're like perfect. But then you got Dustin Poirier. He's a Lafayette kid. He also is a great father. But you know what the thing about Dustin that makes me so proud, Ryan? It's like, who has done more with what they have than Dustin Poirier? Now, that is not disrespectful in any way. I'm saying that in the sense of this, RC. And I, I, think, I think the same thing for you, right? And that is why I respect you so immensely. Because when you came out of LSU... Right? It's not like you were the guy, you weren't Patrick Peterson, you weren't Troy yeah. Palomalo, you weren't these guys that had yeah. was expectation was heaped upon you, but you made the most of right. what you had. You put a long pro career together, and now you have a great television career. That's Dustin Poirier, bro. When you watch me going to the UFC as a two-time Olympian, you go, oh, I know some expectation. Or uh, Hamza yeah. with his wrestling background. Or Mac, you know, these guys that have something. Dustin had none of that. He was just a fighter. He was just a fighter. A guy that loved to fight from Lafayette. He wasn't a wrestler, wasn't a grappler, wasn't a boxer. He has done more with what he's had than anyone. 
So that's why I'm so proud of him when I watch him compete because this dude is over-exceeding every expectation that was ever placed upon him. His first UFC fight, he was brought in to lose to some guy that was riding hot. Dustin knocked him out. Dustin became the interim champion, and now Dustin, once again, just had one of the funnest fights ever in the UFC in Madison Square Garden. I love guys like this, and I love that he had the perfect opponent to make him look like he did in the octagon, got pushed, and nobody lost Saturday night between Dustin Poirier and Michael Chandler. See, I disagree with that, though, DC. I believe Michael Chandler lost. Michael Chandler is, is yes, like, he he's exciting, and... Michael Chandler's in this very, this very weird spot where he's the most exciting draw in the entire UFC. Yeah, I said it, in the entire UFC. Win or lose, Michael Chandler's yeah, yeah. fights have been absolutely explosive, but he's lost more fights than he's won. Now, to be yeah, fair to fun. him, he's fought the best of the best. He's fought yes. Charles Oliveira. Yes. He's fought Justin Gaethje. He's fought Dustin Poirier. So it's not like he's been in there with scrubs. And the two guys who you would say he was better than, he beat, right? He knocks out Dan yes. Hooker right away uh, in his UFC debut, uh, and he punts Tony Ferguson in the face in Arizona, right? You know what I mean? So he, he he's definitely done what he's supposed to against people he should have beaten. But this time again, it's explosive. He's, he, he's winning right away, but he doesn't get the finish. He, he doesn't get the win. And so I do believe that Michael Chandler lost this weekend in the sense that what is Michael Chandler's path back to a championship opportunity? Does he become the guy that the UFC puts on the card for, like, does Michael yeah. Chandler enter, enter, enter the BMF conversation, Right. The, well, the, the, Ryan, the Jorge think, Masvidal, all that. You know what I think, though, RC? I think with Michael Chandler and the uh, comparison that he got from the boss on Saturday night, where he goes, he's the Arturo Gotti of the UFC. Now, is that a great comparison? It's a fun comparison because, Ryan, you and I both know that when we watched boxing back in the 90s, we always tuned in for Arturo Gotti, especially when he fought guys like Mickey Love Moore. Bath. But when he worked himself yep. up to, but when he worked himself up to the Floyd Mayweather's, he would get outclassed. So is that the expectation for Michael Chandler now? Is like that he can fight those guys that make it fun, but he's an even better version of Arturo because when he fights the best, he's competitive. It's not like he's getting washed out, and I think that's why I think he didn't lose very much in losing the fight. But I can see your point. Absolutely, I can see your point because at some point you got to win. But imagine if they put Chandler in there with somebody that's a little less known, a little less Poirier, Oliveira, Gaethje, and then he wins again. Now he's three and three, and he's fought the best guys that the UFC has to offer in that weight class. So it's like he well, has you found him. He has found a spot for himself. Yeah, he he, nah, he definitely has a spot because the spot's in our freaking hearts, DC. That's his spot. Yes. Like, if, if Michael Chandler is fighting, we are watching that fight. Like, the, the, that that's a no-brainer. But I think the other piece of it is it's it's starting to get to or boil, boil down to what do you want to be, right? Do, do, do you want to be yeah. the champion or do you want to be the guy that continues to deliver exciting fights? I was actually at Gotti Ward 3. 
it's it was one of the really? most phenomenal experiences. It was. I was playing with the Giants at the time. One of the most phenomenal experiences in my life because I had never been to a boxing match. And to get an opportunity to see those two warriors inside the ring, you know, God rest Arturo Gatti's soul, uh, was truly amazing for me. And when I watched that fight Saturday, you know, when Dustin Poirier gets out of the first round or hurts Michael Chandler late and he's just leaking, I'm like, oh, here we go again. Mike thought he had him. It didn't, he didn't put him out. Here Dustin goes. And then Michael does what we ask would he do. He wrestles the entire second round. And you're like, okay, this is what we need. And then he picks him up, walks him across the octagon, slams him again, but Dustin gets his back. Elite immediately gets the body lock, and he submits him. And I hear you saying, but it's okay. Michael Chandler survived Charles Oliveira. Yeah, he survived Charles Oliveira in the first round. Not after you've gassed yeah. yourself for two exciting rounds. And here's the last thing I'll say about this until I ask my question is people don't understand how hard it is to be that explosive all the time. How much yeah. gas that yeah. takes out of you to, to kick that way, to slam that way, to wrestle that way, to strike that way. If every time you are doing something to the maximum of what God gave you, it totally depletes you. And by that time, he had nothing else left, DC. When you look at these two fighters, what is on the horizon next for both of them? You know what's crazy, RC, is you know who didn't get tired? Fat boy. But listen, Michael Chandler needs to fight back a little bit. I would not like to see him, and there would have been Neil Darius or anybody. I'd like to see him fight back in the rankings a little bit to see... Have him fight one of those up-and-coming guys to see if they're ready for the elite of the division and if, or if Michael Chandler's still viable in the top five. If for Dustin Poirier, I'd like to see him versus Benil Daryush. Benil Daryush has earned his opportunity to fight the best in the world or at least the most recognizable. If there's anyone that has earned that chance, it's Benil. Benil took on uh, Gamrot in Abu Dhabi when he didn't need to. He was a higher-ranked guy. He was one of the guys that was supposed to be. They were speaking of him as a guy that may uh, be the replacement for the title fight, and he fights a guy that's ranked barely in the top 10, and he beats him. So now he gets a Dustin Poirier, and Dustin Poirier has already said, Benil Daryush makes sense for me. I just wonder how long it'll take before we see the diamond back in the octagon. You know what? I agree with that. I agree with that totally. Dustin said, though, he's going to enjoy Thanksgiving, going to enjoy Christmas with his family, and then he'll look to fight. You know, if you're Benil Dariush and you understand you have uh, Makachev uh, and Volk coming up, I think you want to try to get in there as early as possible to continue training, to continue winning, continue putting yourself with an opportunity to fight for the belt. And for Michael Chandler, I agree with you. To me, it's either, it's, it's ask Chandler what he wants to do. Mike, do you still want to compete for the 155 championship? Do you want to move up to 170 and try to get the most exciting fight? Does Michael Chandler become that guy where we got an exciting 155-er? Put him in there with Michael Chandler, you know what you're going to get. We got an exciting 170. Put him in there with a Michael Chandler that you know with a Michael Chandler because you know what you're going to get. And I think it's his athleticism and explosiveness that will always excite us no matter who he's in the octagon with, another fighter whose athletic ath athleticism and their explosiveness always excites us is the new champion, 
uh, Zhang Weilei, who defeated Carla, Carla Esparza. And DC, it was impressive. It was in your face. <laughs> it was powerful. And for her to finish Carla Esparza and submit her on the ground in a crucifix position, it really blew my mind, DC, because it wasn't, it wasn't necessarily that she had the skill to do it, because I think we all understood she did. I think it was that she had like the gumption. She had the, the, the guts, the intestinal fortitude, especially after losing primarily to Rose Namajunas in the second fight because she was controlled on the ground by someone who we yep, don't yep, yep. look as, as, at, at, as, as exciting or elite grappler as Carla Esparza. Watching that fight, DC, how impressed were you with what Weilei was able to accomplish fighting someone as accomplished as Carla Esparza is on the ground. Well, you know, Ryan, I think your tweet uh, really spoke to what many felt after watching that fight, and I wish they had it pulled up, but you said something to the effect of watching Zhang Weili compete, it makes me wonder how she lost to Rose Namajunas once, much less twice, because she just looks like the best fighter at strawweight. She looks like she's the best. She's athletic. She's fast. She's strong. She's got great cardio. And she attacked Carla Esparza like there was no dangers in the fight. She wasn't afraid to get taken down. She wasn't afraid of anything. NRC, it's barely a move what she got the submission with. That was barely a move. She's got a crucifix with a rear <laughs> naked choke. I don't think I've ever seen I've never seen it before. But I believe that Carla Esparza felt in there like, okay, like, this is, like, not going my way. She's too much. You could just tell she was too much for her. And now you wonder if Wei Li can bring some stability to this, this weight class because now the championship has changed hands between Wei Li, Rose, Carla, back to Wei Li a little bit. So you wonder whether or not she can bring some stability back to the weight class. But she's spectacular. I mean, and people like her, Ryan, like – you, Carla Sparks was getting booed all last week in New York to the point that everybody kind of felt bad for her. We're like, why is she getting booed to this, this uh, degree? It, it sucks for her being someone that's been around for so long. But when you look at Zhang Weili, bro, I tell you, I was on a plane one time and going to watch her fight, Ioana and Jacek, the first time in 2020, the very last pay-per-view before mm -hmm. the world went crazy. And I was on the plane and some guys goes, Oh, who's fighting this weekend? I said, well, I'm watching uh, Young Jacek versus Zhang Weili. Not knowing, they go, oh, man, Zhang Weili is so dope. I'm like, Zhang Weili, the five-foot-two Chinese girl that it doesn't speak English? They're like, dude, she's so cool. She's like a really cool person to watch, and people are invested. So let's see how much stability she brings to this weight class. I know, DC, and like, that's the, the, the thing. You When she was the champion, you thought to yourself, okay, who is going to beat her? And then we watched her lose twice. We watched her lose in explosive, impressive, surprising fashion to Rose Namajunas. And then we watched her in a very grueling, difficult, tough, close fight to call lose again. And so it can be done. And that's the intrigue of your sport, though. Like, you can lose. Like, you, it, it does happen. And so I think that all of those things make it very hard to say, how long can you be champion? What type of longevity can you have in this sport? 
And what does it mean for her going forward? I think if you look back at Saturday, one thing we do know is longevity, if, if it's long-lasting impression, that Frankie Edgar has all of those things. Frankie Edgar had one yes, of absolutely. the, if not, if not most surprising careers, right? A guy who could go up to 155 and win it all, who was clearly a 135-pounder, show that type of toughness, that type of grit, that type of skill, and then fight for as long as he has, it truly speaks to who he was as a man, but also who he was as a fighter. When or after you see him knocked out by Chris Gutierrez, DC, what are your feelings watching Frankie Edgar walk out of the octagon, albeit as a loser, for the last time? It's time that it's time. You know, you you could tell. Plus, everybody kind of figured out how to fight him, right? That's why you're seeing so many of those down-the-middle knockouts, like from Cheeto's front kick to the jumping knee by Sanhagen to now the knee from Gutierrez. Frankie was always small, so Frankie had to close the distance. And because he's always going mm. forward, you could build a blueprint to how to fight him. And that's exactly what we saw. But the reality is Frankie Edgar inspired us over the course of his career from becoming yes. the champion to surviving. Those Gray Maynard fights were legendary. This dude was getting killed by big Gray Maynard, and he would find ways to not only win, but win by a finish once, salvage draws when he was down, fought for the belt at 145, and then got into the top five at 135. Longevity, skill, heart. He was everything that you wanted in a guy to watch compete. We always called him the little engine that could. That's exactly what Frankie Edgar was to the sport of MMA, but it's time. Now, Ryan, I got another question for you, though. Watching after last weekend, as Frankie closed the door on his career, I asked you from watching, is it time for Dominic Reyes to walk away after what Ryan Spann did to him? Because we got a guy that was super close to becoming the champion against Jones, to now he got knocked out by Yuri, who's the champ. He got knocked out by Jan Bohovic, who's the champ. But now he's not fighting champions. He lost to a guy in Ryan Spann, who has now won two in a row. Is it time for Dominic Reyes to be done? Yeah, here you see John Jones say, I didn't take his confidence. In his mind, he beat me. And maybe that's his problem. You know, I never really, I never really thought about this, though, DC, especially, you know, late in John's light heavyweight career, how we looked at, you know, that fight and we saw Tiago Santos and you're like, oh, John's losing it a little bit, or these guys have been very close to beating them. And then watching their career afterwards, I think, and I don't want to speak for Dominic Reyes, when you hold John Jones at such high esteem, as we all do, as far as who he is in the octagon, and you say, well, I stood toe-to-toe with that guy, I can stand toe-to-toe with anybody. And I don't know Mm -hmm. if that plays into complacency or if that makes you feel that no matter who you're in there with, you can beat or you're better than. But we've seen in Dominic Reyes, uh, Reyes last three times in the octagon, he wasn't better than the man on the other side of him. He couldn't withstand the type of power they fought with, but he also didn't do the damage that we'd seen Dominic Reyes inflict on people before the John Jones fight. To me, the, the football combined with the way that he's been knocked out, D.C., and he hasn't been wobbled or TKO'd. He's been knocked all the way out like Debo yeah. did red. And when you have some of those things, I think just for protecting yourself and for health, 
it may be time to move on and do something else. But I never want to tell a man that it's time to give up his love and his passion because we can't do that. Bro, you just like, so you be know. making some comparisons. And I'm just like, this dude right here, man. This dude right here talking about what Debo did to Red is crazy, bro. <laughs> uh, I would have took his chain off of him, too. <laughs> no, man. No, no, stop. Stop, 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 stop. No, listen to me. Listen to me. <laughs> Dominic Reyes was second. Like, he was so close to being the champion. When it starts to turn in the way that it has, it's time for him to walk away. I agree with you, RC. Everything you said without uh, being as disrespectful as comparing him to Red from Friday. But um, he, did, he didn't look good last weekend. But there were fighters that did look good. So guess what time it is, RC? Pay-per-view means step and fly. Oh. Let's go. Oh, that boy RC clean. I see RC. DC, you look terrible. <laughs> you look terrible. Ooh, what about this? What Wakanda about this? forever, oh. baby. I like that. Shiny. Hey, what did you Let's, think? You about know, my boy Kamaru Uzman, Lapita. You know what I mean? He out there with the real ones. Wakanda forever as well. I think, like... I love the fact that they all went with that theme. Izzy walked in with the same type of theme. They go to Izzy's locker room. Uh, Francis Ngannou was clean. Um, Izzy was clean. Honestly, Alex Pereira was, was clean too, DC. He walked in Ooh. with the black joint, shirt, chest open. Like, everybody, everybody is starting to show up to their UFC fights or their events differently now. As the sport elevates and the athletes elevates... Elevate, so does their outfits. And I was very impressed with what I saw at some of UFC 281. I liked it. I liked Ooh. it. What about my boy Israel Asanya with the coat right here, that fur coat? You like that? Ooh, that thing clean, man. I can't remember what, like, it's not a, it's like not an animated show. It's one of those shows, and the, the, the animal looked just exactly. like what Izzy has on. It's you know, Baloo, I think man. The, the other... It is Baloo. The <laughs> Bare yeah. necessities, the simple yes, bare necessities. That's what it is. That's <laughs> <laughs> you know what's so crazy in watching that, DC, or looking at that? Izzy doesn't look like he got beat up. Whether it was his face or the fur coat, it looked like Izzy could have, back in the day, went to the 40-40 club with Jay-Z. Of course. Of course. He lost, course, DC, but, but like... I'm saying my dog was so clean, you couldn't even tell. Hey, RC, so let me ask you a Cor question. I guess Corporate it was a J. quick stoppage. He's going to say huh? something mean. I guess it was a quick stoppage, too, in your eyes. Yes, Man, it was a quick stoppage. <laughs> yes. Tap in or tap out, Jake, please. Jake, please. He was bobbing and weaving, right, DC. He Aaron was bobbing, Blanch using his weave. Erin Blanchfield made a statement oh. Saturday night with her first-round submission win over fan favorite Molly McCann. DC, tap in or tap out. Blanchfield, riding a seven-fight win streak, is ready for Valentina Shevchenko. Uh, I, I got to tap out just because it's a bit early, but I do believe that at some point we will see Aaron Blanchfield fight against Valentina Shevchenko. Guys, I, I love Molly McCann. I think she's one of the sweetest people in the world, but the moment the UFC announced this fight, I thought to myself, why? Why is Molly McCann fighting Aaron Blanchfield? She may be as good as anyone in the division, and I would only put her to have very difficult time with and Valentina, that's how good this 23-year-old girl is. So when she was fighting Molly, you, Molly went from Hannah Goldie to Aaron Blanchfield. This fight went exactly like I expected, and it was never comparative. It was never competitive, RC. Listen, I, I, I tap out on her being ready, but I do tap in on her getting a 
Hamzat Shemaev, Sean O'Malley elevation. I do tap in on that. That no, she shouldn't get to fight Valentina Shevchenko next, but she also shouldn't pander around six through ten. She should get an opportunity to no. go top five, and we could see it right now. Yes, DC. Yes. I, yes. She's too good. She's too good. Yep. She's too good. Also on Saturday night, Dan Hooker ended his two-fight losing streak in emphatic fashion, winning by KO in the second round. RC, tap in or tap out on Dan Hooker being back to a top contender at 155 pounds. Oh, wait. I tap out. I tap out because the, the top of 155 uh, is, is just too good. But what I do tap in on is Dan Hooker getting an opportunity to continue his resurgence. He looked that good, especially once escaping the heel lock or the knee bar early on in the first round. I thought he was perfect after that. And uh, I think he gets another opportunity and should get an opportunity to fight a better fire, fighter and higher ranked fighter in his next opportunity. RC, my clap was for Dan Hooker winning because it looked bad. And we kind of were starting to write him off like, He's done. Yep. But I tap out. He's not the elite of the elite, but we know now that guys like Claudio Pouillet and those lower-ranked guys will always have trouble with the hangman. I was very happy yep. to see him get a victory, especially in that fashion. Corporate Jake. This coming Saturday, the Black Beast returns to the Octagon in the main event as he tries to end his longest losing streak of his UFC career. DC, tap in or tap out. This is Lewis's last chance to make a run at the title. I tap out. There's no more title runs for Derrick Lewis. It's over. Yep. Fought for the belt twice, but he will always be fun to the division, and sometimes you need guys like that. But you can't start to lose to guys that lose to the best guys in the world. Ty Tuivasa is one of my friends, but Titan got beat by Cyril Gunn. Even though he fought well, he got finished by Cyril Gunn. Derrick got beat by him. I know MMA math doesn't work, but you can't start to lose to the, to the next tier of guys. If you're losing just to the best, maybe. But if you're losing to that next tier, then you become a fun fighter, which is probably what Derek Lewis wanted the whole time. So, yeah, I, I tap out. Yeah, I tap out on it as well. He's had a great run. This is not a Derek Lewis's career is over. It is Derek Lewis has to take the right fights to excite us, to excite the executives of the UFC. But getting opportunities to fight the best of the best won't happen for Derek Lewis again. It was announced on Saturday night that Yair Rodriguez will take on Josh Emmett for the interim featherweight title at UFC 284. Also on that card will be featherweight champ Alex Volkanovsky taking on lightweight champ Islam Makhachev. RC, tap in or tap out on Rodriguez versus Emmett for the interim championship. Listen, I tap in on it. I tap in on it because I think you build excitement by putting another belt out there. It won't be that Alexander Volkanovsky is no longer the champ. Like, he will always see him that way but I think the excitement for the match after Alex Volkanovsky beats Islam Mahachev and then Yair Rodriguez or Josh Emmett wins there'll be a ton of excitement around that fight with two belts being uh with both uh fighters walking into the octagon as a champion I know you heard that DC I tap in I tap in I tap in that RC. I tap in RC I agree with you this is what needed to happen for this division I mean these guys these guys are uh Tremendous fighters. They both were on a run. And for the champion to go up and challenge, you still got to keep that division moving. So I tap in. Corporate Jake, one more. All right, guys. Last week, D our own DC went on first take and dished out a list with his top five fighters of all time. He had, at number five, Amanda Nunes. Four, George St. Pierre. Three, Muhammad Ali. Two, Habib Nurmagomedov. And one, Floyd Mayweather. RC, tap in or tap out on DC's top five fighters list. I tap out. 
How does he put Habib over Muhammad Ali? Like, if you know what that's like? There, there, there was only one thing that was worse than that last week. And I'm about to tell you what it was. There was only Jim Ursay hiring our colleague Jeff Saturday. That was the only thing that was as close to as egregious. So that was his, I love Jeff, and I think Jeff did a great job. But you know Jeff wouldn't ain't do what he's supposed to do to be no coach. That was wrong, D.C. That's a terrible list, and you embarrassed D.C. and R.C. on one of the biggest platforms and stages in the world. I thought it was a great list, and I had reasons for every single member of the list. R.C., like, that's crazy. Like, I put two undefeated fighters, their whole careers at the top. I love what Muhammad Ali did socially. I love Muhammad Ali. But – he isn't the greatest fighter of all time, at least in my opinion. That was my list. I get to do it as such. Just as Michael Jordan is no longer the greatest basketball player of all time, it is LeBron James. Guys, next week we are preempted. But before we get to this, hey, last week, RC, Corporate Jake got married. Him and Elizabeth Yo! tied the knot. Run the photos. Look at my guy. Congrats, I mean, he my got, boy. Look at Corporate Jake. My dog was clean with the Jays, too. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. He had the Jays on, RC. He, he wore the Jays. So it was clean. a beautiful Listen, ceremony. Beautiful. I know you guys only know Corporate Jake by his very godly voice, but Corporate Jake, like most of us in this world, has outkicked his coverage with Elizabeth. We are oh, so yeah. excited that these two amazing humans are now married. It is great for them. It is definitely great for Jake. He knows that he is truly, truly yeah. been blessed. And it is great for our show. So we are extremely happy, Corporate Jake. And I just want to let you know, I totally, totally tap in on this union. Absolutely. RC, look, as you said, man, dude, I'll kick this coverage. He stumbled into a relationship that he, he is not worthy of. Elizabeth is fantastic. She works on the NBA coverage Absolutely. now at ESPN. She got me the job. Uh, she was one of the reasons I ended up taking the NCAA wrestling job. She is a beautiful woman in corporate Jake. You are lucky to have her as she is to have you. Congratulations on your nuptials. Congrats, my friends. All the best in the future. Every Tuesday, but next week, you catch DC and RC wherever you get your podcast on YouTube and now on ESPN2 at 12 midnight. Ryan, I tell you, man, I hate the East Coast. It's all dark and gloomy. I'm so happy I'm back in California. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, it's the thing. You came like after daylight saving times or whatever that is, and then we pushed the clocks forward or whatever you did back, whatever. And it does mess up. It's, it's like dark outside right now. Right now in Bristol, it's dark outside. I'm gonna go do some TV. Love you, man. Remember, catch us YouTube wherever you get your podcast. ESPN 2, 12 Eastern. Holla at your boys. <laughs>